Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for watching online. Um, Again, if you have any questions, there's some cards in the seat backs in front of you. We hope you'll take those. Read through that stuff. Have some discussion about that. Let us know if you have any questions. One of the cards is a place for you to put prayer requests. Um, send in your info to us. Uh, if you are not getting our email that goes out on Mondays, I encourage you just to put your email in that card and put it in the offering boxes in the back there. Um, we send out every Monday just to let you know everything going on um, in the week and in the life of the church, important dates and ways to get connected, all of that good stuff. A um, couple things, ladies are off, at least several of our ladies are off in the Young Life Women's Retreat this weekend. Um, that is going, oh, Mady said to ask you, we have these new stop signs out here. And Billy, keep your ears closed because I've run them every time because 20 years they've never been there. So if I get pulled over, I'm going to have to ask for some grace. Like, hey, I got to change my habit here. But anyway, okay, there you go. And I've been told by certain officers they've run it too. So we got a little season of grace. But there's these two here. Just have to watch where you park. They might ticket you or give you hopefully just a warning. You're not supposed to park right. Because we're used to parking right there. So it's kind of, anyway, we're going to talk to them and try to figure that whole thing out. But just be, be aware of all that out there. Um, back here tonight, 6 p.m. for Outpost. We're here every Sunday night for prayer and for ministry, worship time. Um, please, please come and join us for that. Uh, every Sunday night, LOL is meeting at 1213 on Alta Vista. Um, and as the high schoolers, anyone, any high schoolers in, are welcome to that. That is going awesome. So, um, boy, if you know any high schoolers, too, that are, you know, not connected here or, or whatever, just, boy, um, talk about that as well as Monday nights is Young Life and just a great partnership going on. Um, with all that, the annual Pregnancy Resource Center is coming uh, October 14th, uh, 5.30 Hotel Colorado. You can call us here if you want more information about that. Got all kinds of open groups happening up and down the valley. If you, w- That's what we'd ask all of you to step into some kind of group. Call Derek if you would like to. He's rolling out um, foundation groups, four uh, to five-week groups. If you'll just call him about um, that as well. Also, um, we have a missions meeting um, this Tuesday night, missions and church planning. If you're interested in what's going on, we Zoom in um, Greg Livingstone and others in that time, talk about Pray for the Nations, and you hear about our partners that are really all around the world. Um, That is 5 o'clock this Tuesday um, night right upstairs if you're interested um, in that. Last thing is next Sunday, um, right after this service, um, we will have a time. We'll do this once a month. We have a family, kind of a church family meeting. It's a time for you to engage with uh, leadership in this time, ask any questions. But next Sunday, we're going to specifically talk about discipleship. And uh, we have uh, already some folks we're engaging on this. Um, and so if you have any questions about discipleship or, or, boy, what it's all about, or if you'd like to be involved, we will, next Sunday, right after this service, we'll get a coffee and come right back in here and have just about 40 minutes to engage with one another um, and just kind of roll out some of our plans for discipleship. 
get any questions you have about what's going on in the life of the church and um, try to get people connected in all that. So that's next Sunday. I hope you'll plan to be here. Just hang around a little bit after this service. I think that's it. Um, awesome. All right. Um, if you've been with us, you know we're in the book of Ephesians, and we are crawling through this book. We're going to suck it dry, a couple verses uh, every week. Um, this morning, we're going to be in chapter 1. We're specifically going to look at verses 5 and 6 um, this morning uh, on that, and we're going to look at, uh-oh, where'd it go? I saw it somewhere. I think, oh, here it is. Uh, he tried to hit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right, so this morning, the greatest news unimaginable. Um, thanks uh, for praying for Israel. I know uh, most of you are probably in tune with what's happening over there. Um, Psalm 122, God commands us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The next verse is, may they be secure who love you. Um, the security we have in the Lord and we have to remember that our Lord, when He returns, He will return right to the Mount of Olives. Jerusalem is the epicenter of the world, and this is we're transcending politics here. We're doing what God's plan is, right from the very beginning. He will return. He came there. He died for the world there. He will return there, boom, with His kingdom that will reign forever and ever. And we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem because it is in that that God is going to do another work among his people and open their eyes right to the gospel at some point. Um, we, the church around the world, is to, right, is to celebrate the amazing things that God has done and is doing and to long for the return of our Lord. Uh, not just because things are bad, but because we want to be with our Lord. And we want to see the consummation of everything that he has promised and uh, I think the next series we'll get into, because there's so much going on, um, on all that. But uh, all I can say, and I think you're with me, is um, God's, there's a lot happening in this world. And the joy is that our Father has it in His arms and moving it to this glorious place, right? That it might look wild and chaotic, but He's sovereign and He has this in control. And so this morning, I want to encourage us, folks, we're going to be looking at these two verses and in this first chapter of Ephesians, we see our glorious God, we see the Father, we see the Son, and we see the Holy Spirit, and we see each of their unique work in bringing about salvation, the purpose of God. And we see their unique work in redeeming us and calling us into this eternal life and to be saints of the Most High God who will inherit the kingdom of God. One day, and that is what we're being prepared for now, to be holy and blameless like Him, for the Spirit of God to start His work now, and for us to be a beacon of light to a world that desperately needs to know something of the love of the Father, the only one who can make sense for the big questions inside their heart, right, in their soul. And so this message this morning, this title of the greatest news, Unimaginable, Right, is there, in the midst of the wars, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of everything going on, right, in life, is there good news? Is there something that is lasting and glorious and wonderful and eternal? And yes, if we, those of us who know of the gospel, we know, yes, there is nothing like the good news of Jesus Christ and the promises that we have in that, right, through our Father. 
And it's, I say unimaginable because as we get into the text, we're going to see um, that no man, no, no, the wisest of men have never come up. Do you understand that the gospel itself, the father planning ahead before the foundation of the world to send his son to save us and to bring us into his family, adopted as sons with full inheritance, all of us, is that no one in all the world had the wisdom, would have the wisdom. It's unimaginable in the ability of any human to conceive of such a plan. That is what's unique about Christianity compared to every path, every philosophy, every religion, everything else throughout all the history of the world, nothing comes close. Every one of those paths mankind is conceived of. It is something, how we can work our way to something and do something. Only the masterful, wonderful, glorious, worthy of all praise and honor plan of God in the gospel through Jesus Christ came from the mind of God. Something that is only for, uh, for us to wonder about, that we sang about, to be in awe with what God has done. And so what I want to do is just take us on a journey this morning of, of I hope, radical encouragement. Does anybody need encouragement? I know I do. I, I encourage them. It's like slow, you know, I mean, whether it's in our personal lives or whether it's just, right, and wondering what's going on around the world. But folks, this when we look at these verses and we look at our Father's heart, is there should be nothing that we, that it's the rock, it's the solid foundation that we stand upon to give us hope and, and that should renew us. And this is why we gather together to spur one another on, to remember the, the joy we have in Him and the encouragement we have, right, in, in our Father and how great and glorious, right, He is. So we're going to, just look at these two verses. I'm going to walk us through and just have a few things to highlight. And my prayer this morning is that like, the Spirit of God would move and just wake us up to the glory of our Heavenly Father. How much He loves us. What He's done for us. What is available to the world. And because of the glory of that, what we as the church right, should be, be, uh, be rejoicing over. And uh, I, I think... I don't think, I know, I, for myself and for the, the whole church, is that we need a jolt of encouragement. We need a jolt to wake up again to the glory of God. And the excitement, boy, we watched yesterday, you, we have no problem sh- shouting, screaming for our teams and, and everything and enthusiasm. But what I give off to people shows what I'm excited about. And that, again, the church is be the beacon of light. Is that people are to see the church and to, and to what, is, what are they so excited about over there? Right? And uh, I wonder where that is today, right, in America. And so um, I hope to, uh, with the Lord's help this morning, jolt our hearts with a jolt of encouragement as we set our hearts on our Heavenly Father and His incredible love, His unimaginable love and plan and purpose for your heart for all eternity what he's done and so father we come to you now and just ask that you move lord Uh, this was your plan no human could conceive of this no human could create a religion or anything else that comes close to this master plan this glorious plan for all of creation god where you are at the center worthy of all praise and honor and glory Lord, expand our hearts, expand our minds. You know where every one of our hearts is at this morning. 
Lord, overwhelm us with your love. Encourage our hearts. Build us up, Lord. And help us learn to build up each other. Come speak to us. Give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Ephesians. I'm going to start at verse 1 and go through 6 this morning. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints. Remember, you are a saint. You couldn't earn it. I couldn't earn it. That's how God sees you, and He expects each of us to live under that identity, grow up under that identity. All the way back in the Old Testament, thousands of years before, is Daniel was given a word, a vision, right? That the saints of the Most High God will inherit the kingdom of God. Wow, that's exactly what Jesus says. But the only ones who can inherit the kingdom of God are saints. They've got to be holy, set apart, like God. And God has done that for us, as we're going to see. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you. Peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, blameless before Him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. The word of God. Wow. Well, there's a lot there. Um, Paul Remember, you've heard it before, but these verses, the first, I think, 14 verses is one ongoing sentence. He just got caught up. Got caught up in the glory of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. Got caught up in salvation and and what God has done for us. And he just kept rolling, you know, in this. And as we're going to see in in chapter, in verse 6, right? It it moves him to the praise. Father, of your glorious grace. So, here we go. We're going to dive in. Um, well, actually, let me step back. A couple quick things before we get into the, to the verses um, themselves. This is important to understand. Folks, salvation is revelation of the glory of God. Now, what I hope to turn in our minds this morning is, man, we, we are so conditioned to self what Jesus does for me, what I need from God in our very self-driven culture today, more than we'd ever realize. But you realize what happens with salvation is absolutely the opposite. Jesus is going to follow me. Deny yourself. Salvation is a radical transfer from the kingdom of darkness where self reigns in this world, self reigns, to a whole new kingdom where, guess what? God reigns. And it's a shift in my mind off of myself Onto the glory of God, salvation, those who are saved, those who become children of God, those who know Jesus and the blood has covered them and are new creations, they have been given, we have been given revelation of the glory of God. In my, my, the proof of that is there should be this growing process in Second uh, Corinthians 3. It tells us right, from glory to glory. He's invited us into his glory. Right? I should be moving in my, my mind and, and, and everything how I read should be more with him at the center of everything than me. 
And, and, if, and if that's not happening, and the bottom line is outside of gathering together, outside of diving into the Word and encouraging one another, guess what? A believer can be in that world not very long. And guess what? Immediately it's about me. Back, I'm at the center of things. Wake up in the morning. It's about me. It's about my problems. about my issues. Everything. Rather than what salvation is this radical shift. It's about the glory of God. And that's what I'm living for. And that's where my inheritance is. That's, and I'm setting my eyes on the, the blessings of God. And, and that leads me to a question. How do you experience the blessings of God? How are you experiencing the blessings of God? And could we all, those of us who, who know Jesus and are believers, could we give testimony here this morning to one another of this is how I'm experiencing the blessings of God. This is how I'm experiencing His promises in the Word of God. Let me tell you how I'm experiencing the blessings of God. That's testimony. And so let me just give a couple things. We're going to, in this book, we'll dive further into this, but just three B's. Belief, being, and behavior. And then we're going to circle all that as we get later in this book, to belonging. It's what I believe, you can't separate what a person believes from who they are and who they're becoming. And when we come to salvation, Spirit of God enters inside us and we have this radical transfer. Now we're consumed with going after God and and abiding in Him and pleasing Him and being holy like Him and and being caught up in His purpose and submitting our purposes and everything to, to Him. But my mind needs to be set on him. And, and, and what we know is many people are stuck, they're believers, but they're stuck with just this bondage of self. And they need to be released again to set their eyes on God. And that's where freedom, right, radically comes. And so this interchange of belief and being, um, we're going to see here in just a minute, is the God. He chose us, as we read, before the foundation of the world. In other words, we had being and identity before we even were birthed into this world. And it was because of that identity, that love of God for you, this predestined idea, right, that, that I, in this life, at some in His mighty will and other things, people praying God in partnership with His church and His people, that, boy, I started seeking after God. I started doing what the natural man or woman doesn't do, which is seek salvation. The natural man and woman seek self-glorification. That's what we do naturally in our lives. It takes a supernatural move of God in a person's life to seek God in truth. It does not happen naturally. And that's where belief comes alive. And my belief, it starts forming, moving where I'm submitting to the Word of God in my being. I start now becoming this new creation. I start experiencing the blessings of God as I believe the Word of God. Right? And... And the next thing is that moves me out to, I start to change. I start to behave differently. And all of that should be in this big circle of belonging to the family of God. This book is written to the church. It's not written to individuals, but we read it very individually because we've been trained that way. It's all about belonging to one another on on a journey, being God's people. Okay, so we'll come back to that, but... Let me just uh, dive in a couple things to encourage us this morning. It says, in love, the Father predestined us. Big word. 
And folks, here's what I want to encourage you with this morning. There's a loving Father behind all of creation and who has destined us for eternal good. Isn't that good news? I mean, can you imagine having a question mark in our life of, man, I wonder what's after this life? You imagine having a living life and not having the assurance that, man, where did all this come from? I mean, if we really think through that, is, is there assurance that there is good behind the universe and the, where the history of the world is going versus I'm not sure if this thing's going to end well or not. There might just be, there's a lot of evil out there. But folks, we need to encourage ourselves. There is a loving Father who's behind all creation. And those very mountains and trees out there are giving Him praise. And when He saves us and gives us revelation of His glory, it doesn't turn to just tree hugging. It turns to, wow, those things point me even higher to the one who made that for His glory. And has called me into that glory to have a revelation of, of the glory of God. And, and that word we use, because that's a churchy word, and it is. Um, but it's an absolutely important word that we need to understand. And here, as simple as I can, glory is the summation of all the glorious attributes of God. His glory. It's His fullness. He's glorious. And because He's glorious, He's worthy of all our worship and all honor. And isn't it good news that behind all this in life itself and all eternity, there is a glorious God, a loving God, not some, right, force, impersonal force or something. Now, I said earlier, but natural man does not seek salvation. In our natural self, we don't seek God. We don't seek holiness. We can't. We're bound up in this world in sin. We're bound up with ourself. Oh, we might get spiritual, but the pursuit is creating God in my own image. Like in, in this town, I'm going to be spiritual. I'm going to go after something that feels good to me. That is, that I agree with, right? That's just self. That's just self-creation, right, of, of God or something. Um. Now, this idea of predestined, it just means, yes, that God predetermined. And, and, and I'd say this to you, if that causes a problem for you, is, is dive into it. Is that the, the, the more our salvation is clear to us in the glory of God of what he's done, when I see that a loving father is behind predetermining all this, it becomes a glorious thing. To think about that my father, that God knew me before the foundation of the world and set me apart to be with him and his. If I go the mark of this is where my flesh, myself, my intellect comes, well, that means I don't have a choice. Well, that means he didn't choose some. Is you have just breached into putting mankind's wisdom at the same level of God's wisdom. He's sovereign, you're not. He's sovereign, I'm not. And so this is why we worship him. And this is what this doctrine, this truth should be a glorious encouragement to us in this life, especially with wars and rumors of wars, as Jesus said, will increase as the, the time comes. It should, we should be rejoicing that we, there's a loving father behind all this. He's got all this in his hands. And he has eternal good for you. Eternal good. And we're to start to experience that blessing, 
right now. Right now. As we lay hold of his promises, because you have been set apart, because you are a child of God, because you are a saint of the Most High God, is you have an internal inheritance. And you can start laying, we should be laying hold of that now. Right through the promises of God. And going after those things. So again, back to this idea of belief and being. Right, is that my belief has to submit right to the word of God and to who God is. And the question, this is, and this is a big crux for us to move forward, right? Which is, do I believe what the Bible, what the Father says about me? And am I going to rejoice in that and glory in that? And that has to lay a foundation for that I know how that I'm leaning on Him when I step out and behave, live a certain way. I want to live, please, like you, Father. So it's going to determine how I live, how I behave in all circumstances. And this is this internal thing. We'll get more into this as we get deeper into this book. It says, but here, this is, and, and, and this is where it gets so personal. Right? He's predestined for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. Um, is it important to you who your parents are? The first round of test two babies, um, I, I forgot what the numbers were exactly, but every single one of them, some point in their life, they went on a journey. I need to find out who my dad was. And in, the, in this room here, we have all kinds of stories of people who, for one reason or another, is you were separated from your father and your mother. And there's something primal, there's something eternal, there's something built into you, into me. I need to know where I came from. I need to know who my father and my mother are. See, it matters that you were not an accident, doesn't it? And no matter how you got here, no matter your family situation, no matter the, whether it was really, even the best family right situation, Right? The bigger question is, is it important that I know that, that I wasn't an accident in this universe? And the absolute from the pit of hell of what we've allowed our children to learn, that there is some primordial accident from soup and evolved in this thing, is what is that going to do for a person's soul? It, it, it violates everything emotionally, this in, internal universally around the world. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And it's an attack on our children. And all it does is fan into flame this orphan spirit. I don't belong. I'm just an accident. I'm just by here by chance. So I can do whatever I want to do. All the while being in bondage to the enemy, to Satan himself. right, To keep them blind from a loving father who in the very beginning has, man, he's adopted us. Because we came into this world dead, separated from God, lost in our own selfishness, our sin, captive to the, the self-lies right, of, of the world. And, and he saved us. And he didn't just save us. Is it important to you know that your God, your Father, your Heavenly Father adopted you as a child of the kingdom? With every right that a child has. That's why, it's, that's why it focuses on son. Because the father has a son, does he not? The only begotten, beloved son, Jesus. 
who's at the right hand, who has all the power and authority in the world, and guess who gets to share in that? All of his sons. You've been adopted into that. And all of that inheritance you have access to now. We'll get further into this in chapter 3. Is it important for you to know that? It should move us to a wow, wonder and awe. God, that you did that for me, that that is your heart. Is it important that behind this whole universe, there is a loving father who wants a family? No other system, no other philosophy, nothing in the world can even come close to explaining the universal drive for family, fellowship, intimacy, children, etc. Only one. It's a glorious trinity. It's a family. He wants a family. Because we're creating his image to desire intimacy, family, union. It's from him. It's why we call him Father. Abba. Wow, you've, you've reached down. You've saved me into this family. In life, folks, it's... We're moving towards life, real life, right? Though, though uh, we're, we're fading away here in this life, all, life is ahead. Real life, abundant life, eternal life is ahead. And this is what he's called us into. And he did this according to the purpose of his will. We have a loving father who has a perfect purpose and plan we're called into. Is that important to you? Does that encourage you? Now, this is what I want to say, is that here's what happens. This is what gets us all, at different times we've all been off track on this, is, oh, here's my dream, here's my plan, here's my, here's my agenda, and we try to drive that agenda. Let me ask you, no matter how great your dream is, no matter how many great your purpose, no matter how great your plan is, is it really worth it if it's not part of a larger eternal plan? I mean, is, is your plan really that great? If it, just, if it just goes up in smoke, once you're done with it, it's done. It has no internal impact whatsoever. Here's the good news is your father created you with unique gifts, unique dreams, unique drives. But he wants those dreams and those plans and those purposes to be united, right, with his will and his plan. And then our little plan that we can think of becomes, it expands to something glorious, as we start walking, and we'll get to it in chapter 2, into those good works that our Father ahead of time planned for us to walk in. Do you know, and that's Ephesians 2.10, do you know that He has already, His Father has a purpose and plan for you? He wants you to seek Him to find what that is. But that's not going to go well if I'm over here and I'm just going after this thing or that thing, whatever the issue is, without bringing Him in, without submitting it right to Him whether it's relational or whatever the issue is. God has a plan. It's perfect for you. He's inviting you into it. He saved you, adopted you into his family. And and folks, we could just take a deep dive here, right? Uh, Is it not important? When you were a child, was it not important to you to hear your father's affirmation of purpose over your life? Is this not at the crux of the social ills that we have going on today? Now here's the joy, no matter how rough or terrible that was, the Heavenly Father, when salvation comes, restores all that, heals all that. 
As we transfer from putting what I need from, from a, a person on the earth and I, and I look to the Father who created me and I'm encouraged with new life and identity and who I am in Him. And all of that to the praise of His glorious grace. I said salvation is revelation to the glory of God. When we are saved, we have access. The veil's been torn. We have access, Hebrews 4, to the very throne room of God as His children. Right? To run in there and lay hold of all these promises. But we're over here piddling around with so many things that are useless and worthless. I was just struck this week with how much time I waste piddling around, worrying about little things that will mean nothing in the bigger scheme of life and eternity. When God has for me some amazing his glory, His presence, His purpose, and all these things where I'm stuck over here dwelling with these little piddly, materialistic, whatever the issue is, when God has a a whole feast laid out for His children to come and lay hold of that inheritance, if I'll just take it. And folks, this is where we have to encourage each other. Man, stop wasting time on that. Press into God. Your salvation, if you're saved, if you know Jesus, it is revelation, supernatural insight. The veil's been torn. You now have eyes to see the glory of God and be invited into the wonder of His name. The glory of the fellowship of the Trinity itself. Into the family um, and the saints. And Just go read in Hebrews 12 of this glorious thing we're invited into. We'll get more into that as we dive into the heavenly places right further in this book. Our Father's grace enables us to share in His glory and give Him praise. And give Him praise. And this is where Paul can keep himself out of it. To, this, to the glorious grace, to praise And the glory, part of God's glory, His attributes, the fullness of who God is, is grace. Grace is something that only God can exist unless He gives it to us. We've been saved by grace, and now we have the ability, forgiven, right? Do you realize that no one has the capacity to forgive? Unless you have a benchmark. Unless you've received the grace of God, you've got nothing to give. It's just words. I forgive you. It means nothing. Unless there is an actual benchmark of of understanding what forgiveness is based on. It's the grace of God. Where all the wrongs have been dealt with at the cross. Right? Only God. and, And I won't take time to go deep dive on that. But let me just say, mankind has no ability to even comprehend nor live with grace or give grace. Only God. And only when he brings his salvation revelation to us. This is why Ephesians 4.32. We'll get to it. So be kind, tender, hard to one another. What? Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave us. Without that, forgiveness is just psychobabble. It has no power, no benchmark of understanding. It means nothing. And grace means nothing. Unless behind that is a glorious God who lives with this glorious grace, and we receive that right from Him. Um, God, I'm tempted to, to not use this illustration, but I'm going to um, use it anyway. <laughs> um, I don't get the whole Swifty Taylor Swift thing. I just, I'm just, I'm sorry. I just don't get it. Sorry for to crush you, those of you who just, you know. But um, folks, think about this. It just blew. It just struck. When I heard this, it blew my mind. 
So she did her concert in Seattle. And the news was that the roar of the crowd, the girls, the teenagers, the people there, the dads, moms with their kids, it set off the Richter scale in Seattle. It moved the Richter scale. Now, folks, you know, immediately when I heard that, I thought of what Jesus says, man, if my people don't praise me, even the rocks will cry out. Now, folks, this, the glory is praise. If I am saved, if I am growing and taking hold of these blessings of God, if I'm understanding the glory of God and what He's done for me, the natural response is not a stoic intellectual sit on my butt and and do nothing. It is exuberant praise. There's no exception to that. And how is it that today in the church, what the world is looking for is looking at the church and going, man, that is boring in there. Is I, why would I, I'm going to go, well, well, I was going to say Broncos, but not the Broncos. Uh, let's see, see you or whoever uh, out there, you know, and I'm going to rejoice, right, with something exciting. Um, where is the exuberance among God's people? Where's the joy when we come together to praise Him? And, and folks, just read the scripture. Is that praise is this, that. It's excitement. And is it any wonder? And I was just convicted in my own life. It's like, Lord, when people are around me, what do they get from me that I'm excited about? Am I more excited about my football team or about my sports or whatever it is I'm into? Or am I excited about the glory of the Lord and what Jesus has done for me? Do they get that from from me because if they don't then any wonder why we're struggling today with people being um, interested in in the Lord Jesus and the gospel where's the excitement among God's people we're a bunch of duds and don't give me don't give me don't give me law on the whole COVID thing it exposed absolute deadness among God's people right when God's people needed to come together and rejoice and plead for God for healing and supernatural, we ran in fear. And so Paul is saying, man, if you, when you know the glory of God, nothing get in your way. Even persecution of the Christians in the Colosseum, they're going to worship. We're going to get together no matter what, even if our lives are online. We're going to praise Him because there's nothing I'm more excited about in life. And I hope to encourage you this morning is that if you're sitting there and you're like, man, where is that? Just start asking, Lord, please set that fire again. We sang the song. We sang the song, right? May my soul be set on fire again, right, for you. And just the final one, folks, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In the beloved, which is Jesus He's the Son at the right hand. He's blessed. It's through Jesus. God, in His heart, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, there is no more greater love possible in all the universe than the love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in their heart, Jesus decided to willfully come to this wretched fallen place in among us wretched fallen people and die and shed His blood for us. That we could be redeemed, that we could enter in and share, and not just be saved, not just be peon servants in the kingdom of God, but be sons with full inheritance to reign and rule with Jesus in his kingdom. Wow. Where is the awe and the wonder? 
You read the book of Acts. What happened at Pentecost? Man, they could not contain themselves. They were so full of exuberant praise. The whole city said, well, those people are drunk. They're like, what's going on over there? Where is that today? Where is that today? And, um, and folks, I, I, our Father has highly favored. This word, blessed in the Greek there, in chapter 6, it means God has graced us. He's taken the word grace and now made it a verb. He's graced us. Only what He can do. Only God can grace someone or God through one of His children. Our Father has highly favored us through His beloved Son who died for us. You are highly favored in God's eyes. Only the enemy, when you're saying, oh man, word this, this happened to me, that happened to me, man, you start praising. There's nothing more powerful. Even this last week, I just had a time, we were in the corporate worship thing and in Texas and man I was just like I moved back and the Lord took me to a place and I just couldn't stop giving thanks I saw my family was there and and it was just like whoa man and it changed nothing transforms your emotions your countenance your hope like genuine praise this is when we come we're not singing songs this team's not up here just to perform for you sadly some churches that's the case they're up here to point you to the one who's worthy of all praise. And we're here to lift our hearts and praise Him. And yes, this place should rumble. Raptors should rumble. The city of Ashman, those people are freaked out over there. Is I don't know who's in concert over there, but you know we're an audience of one here. We give Him praise, folks. And uh, because He's worthy of that, when we start to understand the revelation. So my heart, my prayer, folks, um, this morning for each of us is, man, would we just have, Lord, please give us that revelation of your glory. And with that, a response of awe and wonder, right? Awe and wonder. And so, Derek, if y'all would just come on up here. I just want to pray and let's just, let's just praise him. Give thanks to the Lord. And let me just say, if you're here, we're, we're here to pray. We'll have some people on this stage. We're here afterwards and... Pray for one another. This is the body. This is the belonging, right, to push each other on. Because every one of us, I need encouragement. I need God to fan my up my, uh, just kind of, as Paul says, slap myself around. Lord, wow, what am I down? Look what you've done. How could I worry? How could I praise transforms more than anything? More than anything you can do. And folks, this is where we come together as a church and just at least once a week, if not more, right, to get that jolt of, of go vertical. we got to go vertical. Because, man, that horizontal, it can get rough if we don't have the vertical, right? So, Father, thank you, Lord. Um, Father, what an amazing God you are. Lord, I just pray for your mercy and your grace. Lord, if, you, if there's those here this morning who are just down, they, they just don't know that joy, they just don't know that exuberance, Lord, they, they haven't tasted of your glory, God, and how much you love them and what you've done for them and what you have for them, touch them. Do what only you can do, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Awaken our souls. Make us your church, God, that delights to gather together. There's nothing I'd rather do than to be with my brothers and sisters that I will share eternity with and to praise my Savior. 
And Lord, let the praises of this place, may the rocks never outdo us. May a Taylor Swift concert never outdo us, God. You and you alone are worthy of all glory, praise, and honor, Lord. So just take some time before you come to the table. Worship Him. Thank Him. Let Him minister to your heart. He loves you more than you would ever reason. It's unimaginable what He's done for us. Embrace it, church. Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.